1: Hello, everyone. I'm Marcus Robertson, Assistant Editor with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the outlook for interventional pain. And joining us in the conversation is Akshat Gargia, MD, Assistant Professor in Anesthesiology and Interventional Pain at the University of Vermont Medical Center. Dr. Gargia, thanks for being here.
0: Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure to talk to you.
1: Absolutely, looking forward to it. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, so can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, a bit about your background, your story?
0: Sure, uh, my name is Akshat Gargia. Uh, I'm a fellowship-trained and board-certified interventional pain physician and anesthesiologist. I completed my fellowship in interventional pain medicine at the prestigious Wild Gondel Tri-Institute Pain Medicine Fellowship Program. Uh, which included training at New York Presbyterian Hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center and Hospital for Special Surgery. I currently work, as you uh, told, as an Assistant Professor in Anesthesiology and Pain Management at the University of Vermont Medical Center. Uh, I was recently awarded FIPP, which stands for Fellow of Interventional Pain Practice at the World Congress of Pain in Hungary. Um, I have published several research articles and book chapters in high-impact journals, and I also serve as reviewer for various renowned peer-reviewed journals like Pain Medicine and Journal of Clinical Anesthesia.
1: Okay, so uh, uh, idle hands, uh, you know, is the devil's work, maybe something that you subscribe to. Very busy man, lots of accomplishments. Thank you, yeah. I guess (laughs) Uh, (laughs) some... Sure, well... um, So, okay, yeah, with with your hands and all these different kinds of things, what uh, are the big headwinds that you are looking at for this year?
0: So, I believe over the past few decades, the field of pain management has experienced significant growth, but there are still several issues that are currently impacting the effectiveness of our procedures, and that's what me and my team are currently looking at in University of Vermont to address these issues. Some of these are, first of all, uh, adequate patient selection and identifying the right patients for minimal invasive procedures in neuromodulation like peripheral nerve stimulation. Since not all patients will respond adequately to treatment, it is important to carefully evaluate each patient uh, so to ensure that they are a good candidate for the procedure. Cost is also a factor and some of the pain procedures can be expensive and many insurance plans may not cover the entirety of the cost. So this can also limit the access to treatment for some patients, particularly those who are uninsured or underinsured and therefore patient selection is pretty uh, uh, rigorously needs to be done in order to ensure uh, maximum returns uh, for the hospital itself and adequate treatment of the patient itself. There's also some uh, issue of limited efficacy in some uh, cases, uh, since neuromodulation can be effective effective for certain types of pain and it may not work for all patients. Um, the efficacy of treatment can also be limited by various factors like location of pain, the severity of the pain, and patient's individual physiology. And plus, we need to take care of the device-related complications like device failure, migration, or infection. These complications can actually impact the effectiveness of treatment and may require additional procedures to address. So, all of these issues uh, needs to be addressed adequately. And overall, my uh, opinion is that uh, since neuromodulation, especially peripheral nerve stimulation and other pain management techniques, have shown promise, there are still significant challenges that need that must be addressed, and that's what we are trying to address. Hopefully, by the end of this year, we'll may, may do more research and be able to come up with better answers.
1: So, yeah, patient selection identification for your treatments is a big concern, and then you you're talking about. Uh... Limited efficacy in some cases, neuromodulation uh, not necessarily working great for all patients. Um, That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. L- location and severity of pain. And I know none of these are simple, but I was just wondering if you could uh, tell us you know, a, l- a little bit more about what specifically you're looking at.
0: So basically, like if some patients uh, are offered neuromodulation treatments like peripheral nerve stimulation for uh, some some uh, indications which are not really uh, currently affru- approved by FDA, like uh, axial neck pain, which is which can be done in workers' compensation patients, but it's not really studied right now. So those are the indications which we don't really know the efficacy of these neuromodulatory procedures. But if we n- have good patient selection, like we are doing it for peripheral neuropathy, which has uh, ed- which we have adequate data and research for us to have better out- outcomes that that is more required but that being said like some of patients uh, some like in some cases we can offer it to patients uh, and take it as a research project rather than telling them that this may or this may not be the best treatment but this is the only treatment we have so we'll we are treating you on a case by case basis and seeing if it works for it for you or not that's a better approach to take rather than giving like uh, really high expectations that this will work for you. So that's something which we need to address at this point, that some of these technologies are very new and we don't really know all the indications. So that needs to be addressed from a patient to patient basis that how much can we offer a treatment modality uh, before we have sufficient research to back our opinion regarding it and how will it affect the patient also because they have to pay money either from their insurance or if it is, a worker's tongue is from the company of the worker.
1: Great advances here, you're saying, but we need to kind of avoid looking at these new treatments, new procedures as a magic pill.
0: That's correct. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, Well, what about spine and orthopedics specifically? How do you see that field evolving over the next two or three years?
0: So I believe The field is constantly evolving as you know that newer
1: technologies and techniques are being developed
0: to improve patient outcome and reduce recovery times. I believe uh, there is growth of outpatient orthopedic procedures with advancements and minimally invasive procedures like microdiscectomies. And um, since like some of the orthopedic surgeries can have variable outcomes, the involvement of pain management physician early during the course of treatment, may be something which uh, can be promoted early. I recently uh, submitted a case report regarding a patient who had bilateral quadriceps tendon rupture, and right now there isn't much research done on these patients uh, if the patient has chronic pain, even after the orthopedic surgery is done to repair the quadriceps tendon rupture. And I offered the patient a peripheral nerve stimulator. So, I mean, there are new advances happening in the field of orthopedic surgery, but involvement of a pain physician uh, early during the course of the uh, course of problem or even later after the surgery can provide newer treatment options. Uh, plus advances uh, advances in regenerative medicine are another one. Uh, since some of the uh, research regarding this field has evolved. And uh, Medicare, I believe, has recently approved it for various uh, conditions uh, for adequate reimbursement of the patient as well. Previously, it was all cash based. So uh, over the next few years, we may see more research and development in this area as well. Um, overall, I believe spine and orthopedics field is expected to evolve rapidly over the next few years with a greater emphasis on personalized medicine, patient satisfaction, and adoption of new technologies and techniques to uh, improve outcomes and and enhance the patient experience.
1: So yeah, some really exciting stuff, regenerative medicine. Uh, You mentioned a couple of things, microdiscectomies. uh, That's actually a new one to me. Uh, Do do you think you could just give me a quick cliff notes on what a microdiscectomy involves?
0: So basically, uh, I'm not sure about the specifics because my field of expertise is pain management. But from what I've uh, known from my orthopedic colleagues, is it's basically a procedure to uh, uh, to actually excise a part of the disc which is herniating out in the uh, in the spinal canal space and maybe pressing on some of the nerves. But rather than making a uh, making actually a, doing an extensive orthopedic uh, spine procedure or surgery in the back they go through very minimal invasive uh, techniques and create very small incisions and through that uh, there are scopes which can be inserted down to the level of spine and they can just chip out the part or fragment of the disc which is protruding out so uh, the recovery time is pretty faster the patient uh, doesn't need to be hospitalized for a longer period of time uh, the post op course is pretty adequate since the patient doesn't require a lot of pain medications and the outcomes are are pretty decent and I would say comparable to the open procedures which were done before.
1: What's really amazing to me is is just how, uh, how much less invasive a lot of these things are getting and staying, you know, about as effective sometimes more.
0: Yes, that's correct. I mean, technology is rapidly advancing and I, I believe over the next few years, this will uh, sort of be the mainline treatment for most of the uh, Minimal. So, like, this will be the mainline treatment or first line treatment rather than doing more open back surgeries, which can uh, cause like a lot of post operative, uh, not complications per se, but just uh, like uh, recovery time can be enhanced in these patients.
1: So, the Okay. So, potentially new standard of care to look forward to. Um, That's correct. Yeah. You alluded to some of this a little bit already, but I'll ask you anyway. Uh, where are you seeing the best opportunities for growth in your field, in these adjacent fields?
0: Uh, so I, I believe there are, uh, as I explained earlier, there are new techniques and technologies which are emerging all the time. So minimal invasive procedures, uh, there is a growing demand of those. And providers who are able to offer these procedures have a competitive advantage over those who rely on more invasive techniques. Uh, Secondly, I believe patient experience is another area of growth. Uh, As healthcare continues to become more consumer focused, providers who are able to offer a positive patient experience may have competitive advantage. These include everything, like anywhere from reducing wait times to improving communication with patients, to offering like patient education and resources that uh, help patients take an active role in their own care. Um, Last, I believe, I think, Telemedicine is also new and upcoming thing which came during the time of COVID-19 pandemic and may continue to be a growth area for spine and pain management providers since it's particularly useful for follow-up appointments, patient education and medication management and can help, pro- help providers reach to the patients who may not be able to travel to their offices. Uh, I work in Vermont, which actually, uh, in the University of Vermont and we covered the entirety of the state per se, so some of the patients have to travel for two to three hours just to reach us so if if it is just a follow-up visit or if we are just doing some uh, amount of like discussion with the patient regarding their mri or it's just a medication refill we do it all, all through the telemedicine visit so it's just save the travel costs and time for the patient themselves uh, overall i believe the field of spine and pain management is dynamic and it's evolving every day and there may be significant growth opportunities for providers who are able to stay at the forefront of this new technologies and techniques while also providing a positive patient experience.
1: Okay, so, uh, so I should potentially be uh, keeping an eye on all that with my investing dollars.
0: That's true, yeah. That's a good <laughs> approach. <laughs> uh,
1: well, there you have it, uh, Dr. Akshat Gargia. I want to thank you for taking some time for us here. I'm sure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. It was a pleasure. And yeah, same here. For our listeners, you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Hospital Review at becker'shospitalreview dot com slash podcasts.